Welcome to the Feeling Asian Podcast, the podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. We're going to get right into the podcast. This is our new format. There's no meat at the top. We just get just balls balls deep immediately. Young Me, I think at this point, it should just become a <laughs> bit because we introduced the new format what six yeah. months ago and every week yeah. we keep reminding our listeners that it's the new want, format <laughs> you don't want to get confused i don't want to confuse the fucking followers the listeners um so we're gonna we're gonna introduce our guest right away i'm very very excited i'm gonna introduce the guest this week because this is a dear friend of mine a very long time i think i've known this person since 2008 nine possibly um and I am going on record and saying that this is the naturally, naturally <laughs> funniest person no. I've ever met in my no. life. No, he didn't Don't want me it. to say that, but he can always make me laugh. Um, he is also the co-host of the David Chang pod, the Dave Chang podcast. David Chang sounds yeah. so weird. Dave Chang, <laughs> but the one that's not Dave Chang. <laughs> <laughs> Among other things, you got everybody's hopes up. You're like, they're like, oh my god, it's Dave. It's, Dave it's not Dave. It's the other one. It's the other one. Also, a phenomenal food writer, um, and f- former editor in chief of Lucky Peach Magazine, a cult classic, cult classic food magazine. Everyone, give us your ears for Chris Yang. <laughs> um, hey. <laughs> I was I was looking at your the run of show you sent me here the run of show and you guys have yeah. it the the outline for the pod uh-huh. these these guys are professionals they're trying to they're being like oh we're just get balls deep right away <laughs> like we're just winging it but they like they're very professional Let what are you talking you. about wow yeah we sent very, an outline like, very professional an outline is a professional thing to do <laughs> and you have you have this intro section of hosts introduce Chris Ying as between one and five minutes. Yeah, and I was just wondering. Like, I got less than one minute of introduction, <laughs> but like, what would a what would five minutes? Who got five minutes of introduction for you guys? Um, somebody that w- that's Dave Chang, the person that's not <laughs> not the other one. Let's redo the intro, Brian. The, delete that. I'm gonna do another intro. The other okay. one. Okay. Not Dave Great. Chang. And then. And yeah. then I I'll will, pretend like I will include, even though again. I met Chris Singh just now, I will include uh, my section into the intro as well. So kick us off, young me. Oh, I'm so okay, excited. Here, we, we, yeah, so we, excited. Got, we got a solid two more minutes left. So <laughs> everyone, I hope you're ready for the guest this week because this person is a uh, the na- naturally, na- I don't even know how to say it, naturally funniest person I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um including comedians but that that goes without saying because comedians are not funny in real life i don't know if you know yes. that um yes <laughs> also an extraordinary food writer former editor-in-chief of lucky peach magazine a cult classic and host of the dave chang podcast not dave chang not the dave other chang. one and also according to wikipedia he was a <gasps> publisher for mcsweeney's legendary humor there. imprint founded by dave eggers and before yeah. that, uh, undergraduate student at UC Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> Give it up for Chris oh. Ying, everyone. <laughs> he has worked with oh. a lot of important people. <laughs> I've only worked with I've only worked with crazy people named Dave. That's the only how, kind of people I've worked for. How is it uh, being on a podcast that's like the name of it is not you? Like, what if it's this? Weird. Po- 
<laughs> it's weird, right? It was like if your if your thing was like if your guys' show was called like Feeling Mexican, hosted by two Asians <laughs> who have feelings. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No. It's um, weird. Somebody asked me the other day about our podcast, and they're like, "So what is your podcast?" And when somebody calls it your podcast, and then you say, "My podcast is called the Dave Chang Show," you really truly <laughs> feel like a fucking idiot and scream. Wait, how long it's have true. you been doing that podcast? I didn't even know. Uh, we, so when, when the pandemic started and you couldn't do anything anymore, yeah. we started to make a podcast and Dave ran out of things to do and he was like, just talk to me. You and I will just talk. And now it's been two years. Wow. And so oh, we so just the, talk about nonsense on there. So the podcast started in the beginning of the pandemic? Or it had been going for about that. a year, I yeah. think, before the pandemic. Mm. And then, yeah. And then we just started, we got on and we were just laughing and crying and holding each other. Basically, wow, this whole show. But I've known me. Young Me for even longer than that, and I was thinking I've, about coming on this show, yeah, feeling Asian, and I was like, "You and I have been to real Asia together, even." That's how oh my far god, back <gasps> and that was a fun. Oh my god, I want to talk so. Much. I want to just talk about our old memories, and Brian's just gonna <laughs> laugh. Our goal today is who can make Brian <laughs> laugh the most, and I know Chris is gonna win. Um, no, that was so funny. We did. We we went all over China together in a van where you and you had explosive diarrhea the entire time. It's true, but I mean that's just sort of all the time. Oh but my I my, my my strongest memory is like we brought my mom along as like our guide. We were working on like a mission <laughs> mission Chinese food book. Okay, and my mom was like just touring around with uh, with touring around with us. And I remember one day, young me, what's that? What's that naked baby tattoo you have? The dart. <laughs> I have a Henry Darger tattoo. You should fucking fully scandalize my mom because you have a naked baby. And she was like, "Look at this naked baby you have on your arm," and you're like, "Yeah, it's like a naked, naked person." Was your mom but, uh, the person that we went to this secret pop up in Hong Kong, the Szechuan pop up? Is your mom? Was your mom the person that the, the owner of this pop up? Brian, mm-hmm. his wife is an uh, like a opera singer, right? Like a, mm-hmm. and so a- after dinner she performs, and she started performing, and your mom was fucking cracking the fuck up. <laughs> she was like, ah! like just, just like scream laughing. She was it trying was to like, hold it in for a second, but she right. absolutely but I mean, lost it. Legend. It's important to note that it's she was not an opera singer. She was like a peaking opera singer. She was like a Chinese opera singer. And so wow. like my mom was like not she was she was like, What the fuck are we doing? She my mom was like, Who why are we in this like basement eating Sichuan food in Hong Kong? There's other things to eat. What who are these idiots that brought me here? And then this woman comes out and just starts like wailing. And my mom couldn't take it anymore. But yeah, <laughs> that's how far we go back. We go all the way oh back to God, Peking Opera. So many funny Sichuan stories. Pop-up. So many funny stories, Chris. I can't wait to shoot this shit with you and make Brian laugh. Our goal of this episode. Oh, I'm looking um, forward to it. But young me, how are you feeling before we dive into the fun stuff? My God. Actually, you know, ever since I, well, I saw Chris on here and I was like in a really good mood because I really enjoy his company. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but, but before so <laughs> make them laugh chris make them la- mm-hmm. um but before i've been feeling super fucking depressed because i um now this is gonna seem very inauthentic but i've been like crying for the last three days and mm-hmm. i've been really upset because i don't know chris if you heard the news this woman christina yuna lee was stabbed to death in her home did you hear about this chris 
Are you guys? Um, is this this a real thing? This I'm, is a hard. Yes. This is a hard left turn. I know. Okay? I know. That's what I'm saying. I I feel like. Well, I want to say this because I've been crying about this for like the last three days. I was, I had the worst anxiety attack because this woman lived around the corner from me, and she somebody followed her in and stabbed her, in her oh home. My God, it was just this like very disturbing story. Um, on paper, we're like. It's very, we live very similar lives and I don't want to like center myself in this other tragedy that, you know, obviously is not about me, but I was just like, I, she literally lives around the corner from me in this, uh, the, a building that looks exactly the same as mine. And she, and like, you know, she was coming home and she just let somebody in behind her. I do that all the fucking time. Cause I, I don't want like, I don't want my vibes to be shitty, which is so stupid. Obviously you shouldn't let people in your building, but I'm just like, Oh, I don't want somebody to get mad at me i'm just gonna let them in do you know what i mean and i think that if i were to picture like actually like that's like the most young me thing in the entire world if i were to like picture you doing anything in the entire world if i was like to pr- try to remember yeah. you i'd be like it'd be young me letting in the person behind her into an apartment <laughs> and <laughs> apologizing like that i didn't hold <laughs> yeah, the door like, open <laughs> all the way yeah exactly and so i was like dude that like you know not to again i don't want to center myself in the story but i was like i, I was like that could definitely have just been me you know, 100%. And yeah. it's just like such a gruesome, it was like such a gruesome death. And it's like, I don't know why it's made me cry so hard and um, also get really scared. Like the other night I was at sleep, like lying in bed and I was like, I, I'm terrified. Like what if someone fucking breaks in? You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. So it's, it's really affected my mental health and I'm not exactly sure why but then i've i've seen a lot of asian people online saying that they felt the same way like this particular story really struck them so have um, you guys always been afraid or like do you feel as though you're more afraid of violence now than you were five years ago ten years ago yeah yes well since the pandemic it's weird right yeah i'm terrified of violence all the time like I've, I'm so scared of it. I'm always scared of, of like. I mean, it's not like you took it here, so I'll go yeah, there yeah, with yeah. you. Like you know, like a a, a seventy year old Asian man was murdered on my block too. Like oh you God. know, was punched to death. Right. And oh I remember just like feeling really scared of walking down the street. I'd never in my entire life yeah. been like, oh, I'm afraid to walk down the street. Oh and yeah. That feeling really sucks. Well, Chris, I got attacked on the street, mildly attacked. I don't want to like, like some guy like pinned me against the wall at night. And he was like, yeah, a few months ago, probably almost a year ago now. And he he was like, I feel like he was about to hit me. But then there was like this car parked right next to us with two people in the front. And I think he saw that and like went away. I don't know. But it was like terrifying. It was at night. God. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, so it's like, and then I remember I was telling somebody about it and they're like, well, was it an Asian thing? And I was like, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Asian. I was fucking pinned up, up against the wall. Shut the fuck she up. She didn't ask you know? him. You were like pinned against yeah, the I wall. I didn't and think like, of asking Excuse him. me. Is this an Asian thing? <laughs> is it a, is it a woman? Is it a woman thing or an Asian thing? You're like, I'm cool if this is a woman thing, but if this is an Asian thing, I have to object, sir. I don't appreciate this. This is not okay. This is an Asian thing. Oh, oh, dear. Sucks. oh my God. Well, thanks for making me laugh because like that was it, honestly, I, I feel so much better talking to you, Chris. I, I like I just highly recommend everyone becoming friends with Chris Yang. He's very funny. <laughs> just makes you laugh I about like being I, attacked I on the though. street. I know. It's been so long. 
Um, how are you feeling, Brian? Uh, similarly, uh, I've been feeling pretty blah lately. Um, and I feel that, well, up top, I listeners, if you have any, or Chris, if you have any uh, recommendations for nonfiction books, slide in my DMs. I feel like my brain, I haven't been nurturing my brain. I feel very blah. Mm-hmm. Just watching trash television all day, every day. And uh, in conjunction, I have, I feel like more and more of my friends are moving to LA for oh. like, obviously for like career things. And, uh, you know, young me, we're, we're here in New York and I slightly feel like I'm being uh, left behind. And it's making me kind of spiral a little bit. Like, oh, what am I? Huh. Am, am I doing the right things? Like, everyone seems to be going for like, you know, going to sunny LA where the greener pastures are and... What am I doing here, you know? Being scared on yeah. the subway all the time. But <laughs> um, You feel like you're being left behind because you should also be moving to LA or just because your friends are literally leaving you? A bit of... Because they're literally leaving you, that's true. <laughs> literally leaving okay. me, but also there is a, car- a career component baked into it too where mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, I've, I feel like this is where the progression of my career should take me and it's just taking me a little bit longer and... Uh, yeah, with each person that decides to go to LA, it's become more prescient. Like, all right, let's let's get it together here. This I'm supposed to be going to LA at some point, right? This is how it's supposed to be. What's your What's your snap answer? First First answer. If I ask you, why don't you move to LA? Part of it is like a pride thing because I I moved to New York from LA, and so there's actually nothing stopping me from going back to LA. But I moved to New York to pursue comedy in earnest, and then now. I would only want to return mm. to LA if there's something waiting for me there sort of scenario. Mm. Like, it's just a pride thing. I could go there because everything's remote at this point. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm saving it for myself, basically. It's just my ego that's holding me back. Young me, do you hate the idea of Brian moving to LA? No, I feel like we could do Like I was, I what I'm here, like this is my assumption. I'm not even here. Like I feel like my assumption why Brian probably isn't moving to LA is like you want a job. So you have like this like thing to be like that. That's why I'm moving to LA. Is that, do you, is yeah, that for sure? Yeah. 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 But Which, as somebody who's, who moved from LA, Brian, you also know that nobody in LA has a job and nobody's <laughs> doing anything. Because I feel like, like probably your friends, if, if, tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, but your friends are moving there because they get a job. And so now yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. is that what you're feeling? Like, Oh, I, I want a job to move to LA too. Me personally, I don't feel like like being left behind because I feel like as many people move to LA, they also move to New York from LA. So I kind of sure. feel like this like yeah. this, but I, I totally yeah. know what you mean, Brian. I wish I had I wish I had a big boy job too. You know, you know who's you guys? I mean, like Dave Tang podcast. The only person, the only person being left behind, young me, you know this. The only people being left behind are people who live in the fucking Bay Area. Nobody's ah. here. Everybody's leaving here. Everybody's who are leaves they? here is like everybody who you left. Everybody who leaves is just like I did fuck leave. you, San Francisco. You sucked. I hated you. The whole no, time but I, I was feel there. like all the tech people <laughs> are there now. Yeah. Now it's oh, like thanks. great, cool, <laughs> fucking lo- biggest losers. Yeah. On, no offense you, if you work in tech. The, the, all the product managers are there chris what's not to love <laughs> look Dude. My, my product has never been better managed than it is right now but all of like my, my cool fun friends have left you know well it does yeah suck. well i hear austin's nice uh, and, and he moves to austin i feel like that's popular these days chris i will oh, kill myself 
I will kill myself I w- before I move to Austin. Why the fuck would, would I don't even know what's going on. They would find me and Young me in a double suicide if we moved to Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we move here? No one made us do this. <laughs> Brian just suggested it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now we're dead. Um, wait, uh, Chris, how are you feeling besides hating uh, where you live? <laughs> I honestly. I honestly felt nervous about this uh, podcast today. I'm really? not going to lie. Wow. I feel like you guys have like the cool, cool version of what I do. You guys are like the cool version of a, a, a duo podcast. No offense, but if there's one thing that Dave Chang isn't, it's cool. And I will go I'm on record. <laughs> I will go on record and say that. I'm sorry. He is the most famous <laughs> chef in the world. Okay. <laughs> Really? Man. Seeing, how mu- seeing how much my mom talks about Dave Chaim, I think he's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Brian thinks he's the coolest. Brian's Korean mom, yes, the gauge of coolness. <laughs> no, I feel, I feel. Um, he thinks I felt, he's cool. I felt. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if he thinks he's cool. I think he knows deep down. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe everybody thinks they're cool. I felt nervous. I felt nervous. I uh, not only because. I mean, generally, you know, when you go on like a podcast, you're on some like NPR thing and you're like, well, this is going to be fine. I'll just make a dad joke and this old lady will laugh and it'll be yeah. fine. Uh-huh. But like I was I was nervous coming on with with comedian people and I haven't seen you in so long. Young me, it felt a little weird, honestly, if we're being truly honest about our feelings. Yeah. Well, I haven't, I haven't seen uh, you in a long time. Yeah. I, that, seen I you think in I was long, at your wedding. Time. Is that the last time I saw you in person? Yeah, it has to be. It has wow. to be the last time. That was a nice a wedding. Time. <laughs> it was fun, but it's weird, you know? We saw each other so often. And then now you, you have and like then, nine Whoa. kids. How many kids I do you have? have nine kids. Wow. I, I'm a grandfather I'm now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I lost track. You have two kids, right? I have two. two kids, and I'm not a grandfather, Brian. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> wow. No, I have two kids. Um, no, it feels weird to. I, I feel. You're, you're, again, the little run of show outline you sent me had these questions and I started, sent me down a little spiral and we can talk about it later, but I was like, I was like, oh, what am I ashamed of? Oh man, <laughs> what are you? lots yeah. of things. Well, we're gonna get and to one that. of them was like, I'm about to face my shame and not connecting with my friends like young me. It feels bad. I know, I, 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 re- I feel like we have such a good time when we hang out um, and I do, I feel the same way. I'm like, you're such a good friend. I feel like we've always like clicked um, and yeah, I, I do feel bad. Brian talks about this a lot on the podcast. Like he feels bad because he doesn't keep up with his like old friends and a lot of times Brian will talk about it and I'm like, what are you talking about? Who cares about old friends? But now I'm like, now I'm like, yeah, I should hang out with Chris. I should. No, no, no. What am I supposed to do? Call hang- you? Let's call you? I'm going to call you. You at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, like what? Who does that, please right? Don't, please don't call me. Let's, no. let's promise no. each other that we'll never call each other. I will never call you. I'd but rather move to Austin. Other... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's never call each other. But uh, I mean, I don't know. What are we supposed to talk about now? We talked well, about our feelings. Well, so I was telling Brian um, about our history as friends, and then I told him that you were. Um, essential in the um in the beginning or the establishing of mission street food which is a old cult uh favorite restaurant can you do you want to just talk about that like can you talk about that because you were i feel like you were um one of the very early food writer slash tech twitter user people that really w- were <laughs> on top let's just wow. redo the intro movement. wow let's redo it let's see redo so the intro not only are you, are one, you of the <laughs> one of the funniest natural human first beings. asians 
You are also you, you are also an OG Twitter food no. person. <laughs> first Yelp elite Asian wow. to ever exist. Way to bury You're the right way to bury the lead, young man. First I was Yelp the elite. First Asian. I was the first Asian on Twitter. I was the yes. first Asian to ever reach Yelp elite status. Yes, that's true. No, no neither one of those. First Asian on like... Yelp elite is redundant. So you are the first Yelp elite. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're waiting first. for the first non-Asian Yelp elite. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. We were just that. talking about San Francisco. I f- this is like an old man thing to say, but tell me if you disagree, young me. I feel like okay. when you were living, when we were all living in San Francisco, uh-huh. and this is 2008, 2007, 8. Yes. And uh, we started this restaurant, Mission Street Food, which was um, Anthony Mintha Chef uh, decided one day. This is actually, a, I looked this up. This is a month before Roy Choi ever started his his kogi truck mm. wow receive anthony wow. walked <laughs> anthony like walked up to like this antojitos truck uh like that was parked at the subway the bart station in in, in san francisco and said like hey i'm a Wait, it's anthony so it's more like hey i'm a cook and um i was wondering <laughs> if if i could sublet your truck for 300 dollars and just use it and the guy was like, oh, okay, do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> and so he had like one of these first sort of like non, <laughs> non-genuine authentic food trucks, right? Like chefy food trucks. Mm. Yeah. And I feel and, like this is like right at the beginning, like bef- I feel like bef- way before this blew up and there was a fucking food network show called food trucks or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Totally. yeah. Way before. And this. I feel yeah. like, sorry to interrupt your story, but I feel like this is a good time to uh, put in because you did the Anthony Mint voice, Anthony Mint is a ripped Asian man. He has probably <laughs> he has probably like forty inch biceps, but he is very quiet and nerdy. And so Chris and I were always like, he like secretly lifts like weights. We don't know yeah. how I got ripped. That's how he's, he's like he's extremely ripped and extremely quiet. That's how it, that's how it is usually though. The extremely ripped Asians are quiet. Real G's move in silence. Yeah, he saves all his strength for lifting weights. He, uh, but what I was trying to say about this time was like, I feel like this was the coolest time to live in San Francisco. <laughs> like things were interesting. Yeah, you could do stuff like this. The mission was like not completely overrun and hadn't been sort of like commodified into this like facsimile of itself. And like, yeah. Long story short, it started as this food truck, and you could do things like just walk up to a truck and say, "Can I sublet it?" and 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 then just start cooking on the street, right? Like that was yeah. the sort of possibility that was in the air, and you know, it was like it's probably you know this late two thousand eight era, and, and like in the nineties, those are probably the cool times to live in San Francisco, and then. From there, he, you know, we got, we did get yelled at by a realtor, like some real estate dude was like, you're mucking up my street, all these fuck, all you goddamn whippersnappers out here eating your tacos. And so Anthony got booted after a month. Yeah. And then he just decided to go up and down the street in the mission, like just walking into restaurants, asking if he could sublet them. Yeah. And so he walked into uh, Longshan like this. Chinese restaurant that had like I don't know young me like three people a day would eat there, <laughs> yes. just like mm. the, the uh, like the last place anybody was ever walking into, and he just walked in and said, "Can I borrow this restaurant?" And they just started letting him do it. And every week, we would have a guest chef come in and 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 cook. And so like I I cooked in that kitchen with him. I cooked in that truck with him for a while, for as long as I could until like it, it was pretty clear that you know. I was not a very good cook. <laughs> and that's where I met Young Me. 
Yeah, and you were wow. like wine cooking, but you also had like an important job at McSweeney's. Remember McSweeney's at a very at fancy office? Yeah. <laughs> very important unpaid internship at McSweeney's. <laughs> <It was laughs> one of the most important jobs in America. I think that like in the pandemic, I would have been an essential worker because I was that I was that internship. It's true. But that's where we met. Whoa. You were you were young me was like waiting tables. I was pretending to cook in the back and like <laughs> I just mean it was I just mean it was fun because we could just like make believe. Yeah, yeah. And whatever we made believe was real and people paid for it. This is it was very exciting time. And I don't yeah, think people I know a, about Mission Street Food. Was that um, Mission Street Food? Like every week, there there was a guest chef, guest chef, and it was like from oh. a, like a popular restaurant. So It'd this be like is a like an OG restaurant. of the taco truck, not the, the the like the food truck movement back in like whenever yeah. this was two thousand eight. The food pop Damn. up. Yeah, I was an yeah. I was it an was undergrad at UCLA when Roy Choi like gave a talk because of Kogi Truck. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, you were an undergrad when when Roy Choi was a speaker at your school. Oh my god, I'm so old. That's <laughs> wow. Insane. No, no, okay, wait. <laughs> That's so, insane. was this? Um, you're basically were just like you know he just said he basically was like, oh yeah, I studied that <laughs> that history in school. <laughs> like you know, the thing you're talking about, I learned about in school. No. We're old. <laughs> Fine, grandpa. Cool. No, wait, but was this purely an overhead thing, like subletting these spaces, or did you? Was there like a conceptual element to it too? Like, did you kind of know like, oh, if we serve this kind of food out of a food truck, there's some novelty to it and like hipsters are going to like this? I, I, I don't know. It's like Anthony, Anthony is, is super ripped, super quiet and like just <laughs> completely ins- is super insane. He's just like, like, like one of the craziest people I've ever met. Yeah. And I don't think it occurs to him necessarily at any point that he was like, I'm doing something cool because uh, second only to Dave Chang and uncoolness is probably Anthony Mitch. <laughs> like, I, I feel like Anthony's like so uncool, but that he is fucking cool though. You know, yeah. he has one outfit. He wears it every day. Uh, that's that's fucking cool. <laughs> that yeah, that that man is it's a man true. of ideas. He is a true entrepreneur. Remember when? Truly. Okay, so, and then remember like one of the early days of Mission Chinese when it switched over from Mission Street Food and then we just went with one concept, Mission Chinese. Mm-hmm. We had this buyout because it, some they, they fucking wrote about it in the fucking Chronicle for some godless reason. But it was like it was like <laughs> a dive bar restaurant, right? And we had this right. buyout with this like extremely wealthy woman. Do you remember this? I don't remember. Wait, somebody so bought off the evening at Mission Chinese food? Lunchtime, even sadder. Because during the day, it's, it's rough. <laughs> and she had, <laughs> she was so fucking wealthy. I'm going to, I, okay, this is the signs of wealth. I know Asians are listening to this. She, everybody in her birthday party had a Birkin, and she Ooh. had one made of alligator skin. We're talking $50,000 handbag, right? Right, right. This bitch put that bag on the fucking carpet at Mission Chinese. Chris, do you remember the fucking carpet? <laughs> well, that's the one of like, the primary reasons that like eating at lunch was not a cool time to eat at Mission no. Chinese food. Like and you shouldn't see what's down there. And there was a lot, you know, there were times where p- sometimes people would just walk up to the glass door and have a, a explosive diarrhea on the glass door. That happened oh once God. during service. <laughs> like things like that were happening. But this this fucking rich woman putting her fucking $50,000 bag on the carpet, she brought like a, a, like an absurd amount of like Cristal Rosé and we Googled it and it was like $1,000 oh, a bottle or something. <laughs> she brought like a fucking, but there's like, 10 women and she brought like a like 20 cases or fucking it's like and oh and one of the guests was that blonde woman that works for yahoo 
that like the CEO or something. Do you know Marissa, what I'm talking Marissa about? Mayor? Marissa Mayor? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think her. Like, that, <laughs> that is 100% true. I, 100%. No, no, I completely remember this. You're totally and, right. And let me tell you about what Anthony did. So these women barely drank any of the Cristal, but we were just opening it and pouring it. And, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They didn't touch any of it because there was like 50 bottles, right? Anthony collected all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, okay, so... If I, let's say, you know, I have a kid one day and they get married, I can bust this out. (laughs) He was like, well, think about it. It's a thousand dollars a bottle. So he was like, if I put it in the uh, soda stream and it's kind of fizzy, like how much would you pay? How much would you pay for that? You'd pay at least a hundred dollars, right? Because it's a thousand dollars. And he was like, I just watched him just like carrying all these like, Marissa Myers lipstick stained bottles out into his car and I was like this man is a genius I want, he still he's probably like, has those somewhere uh, right he's like well if a Ferrari is $250,000 this is just a used one I can probably get like Literally. 100 grand for this right yeah like, that's what he was saying he was like well I could probably sell it for at least $100 a bottle and I was like <laughs> okay uh, wait yeah, no Anthony was a true original wait Chris so you said that you were a bad line cook in these days i was a bad well i worked as a line cook in college and then when i you know when anthony it was, it was literally the first time i mission street food i had i mean as a uh, a yelp elite twitter user <laughs> i had sort of emailed i remember this like it was the the first night he was going to do this and i thought it was like the, the coolest idea that he was going to just rent this taco truck and cook his own food out of there yeah so i remember emailing somebody from eater which was like still pretty new at that time and just being like hey this this guy is doing this thing you should you should write about it and see if people come and i remember anthony not telling anthony that i had done that and Mm. he had just sort of quietly opened his little truck (laughs) on the corner of 21st and cap or whatever and there was like a line. I mean, because it's San Francisco, there's a line of like 60 people waiting for this thing outside. And he was, I just like, I had done like the meanest thing you can do. I just like completely put him in the weeds, didn't tell him I was going to do this. And I just saw him just like his heart sank because he's just like, fuck, I thought I would have to make like three things tonight. And so I jumped, that was like the first night. And I remember jumping in cooking with him. I had actually, I'd, I'd, I'd met Anthony before, but he and I had cooked um, for one hot second. Do you remember that restaurant, Foreign Cinema, young me? Of course. Uh, How like could a, I forget? It's like a total 2000s tech bubble bullshit douche restaurant. <laughs> just the absolute worst. Oh, Anthony and the I cooked there fine. and both yeah. hated it. Yeah, the yeah. food was fine, but we cooked there. And that's where we had met and bonded over like how, how much we hated cooking there. Mm. But I was never like, I was never good. I was like, I was, you know, cooking in restaurants was like for me as like the well-to-do Southern California straight a student guy was like i'm gonna do this rebellious thing like i'm gonna cook in a restaurant <laughs> fuck you dad like yeah. i'm gonna do this thing but like you cook in a restaurant like people aren't there to just like goof off and like <laughs> sow their oats they're like really doing something professionally that they care about and like yeah. i loved food but in, if you're not fully bought into something then you're gonna you're just never gonna be that good at it and i was never i always had like my other one foot out of the kitchen you know i was like I do this to like because I think it's cool, but really I'm working on my degree over here. Like this is what's gonna get me places. So right. I was never that good. And then after that, you moved on to start Lucky Peach. What like can you tell us about that a little bit? Because I know that people are like probably dying to hear about this. It's such a cult <laughs> favorite. I mean, how did we start? So I was I was 
doing this like double life thing of, of cooking and, you know, I think, you know, Danny, uh, uh, young me's ex Danny. Like I remember we were cooking together in, in mission, shiny mission street food. And I remember like six months after we had been cooking together, he was like, wait, you're not a cook. Like I thought you just worked at restaurants. And I was like, no, I just like do this once a week basically because I was at the, you know, the other hand I was, I was interning at McSweeney's and yeah. eventually, you know, I worked from an intern to an editor and then uh, eventually became the publisher there. And I, and uh, I just didn't want to do food stuff. Mm. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if like you felt this way at all or, or, yes. or, or either of you have ever felt this way, but just like food to me was like, not like, what I was meant to do. It's just yeah. like, I didn't think I didn't take food seriously, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's, and I mean like even like young me, even as like mission Chinese was taking off and like, yeah. you know, it was like taking our lives places. I was always just kind of like, uh, is this really what we're doing? Like food stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I feel, I, I feel like I felt the same way. Yeah. And so, you know, I didn't want to do it and I didn't want to do food writing or food publishing or anything like that. I just didn't think it, I just thought like telling people where like the hottest donut is, is like so stupid. And like, yeah. why would I do that? You know, I work on important things. I'm an important guy. I do. I write about human rights crises. Like I'm a, I'm a real man. And, yeah. uh, Finally, we were going to do this project and, and at McSweeney's and we were going to do this newspaper thing and it was going to have this food section. And long story short, this like uh, this kid was like in charge of the food section. And I remember he was like really into rugby. Oh, God. <laughs> just like this, this white kid from Alaska who's really into rugby. Yeah. And uh, he was like, I think I figure out like the, the, the headline story is going to be like the best snacks to eat after like a hard rugby practice. <laughs> Like, get the fuck out of here just get out of here oh, uh, God. and so like i just like i took over at that point wait can i tell a quick side story about of that course. guy one time I, I ended up at a i was at like a we, we were at a korean restaurant i don't know how i ended up eating with this kid and uh we had like kimchi fried rice and they had like a, a fried egg on top sure yeah and he goes, he goes like, first of all, he reaches for it like first, which I'm just like, what the, who the fuck are you? Like reaches out to like get him some. And he's just like, he looks around. He's just like, I'm just gonna eat this yellow part if nobody wants it. <laughs> oh like, my starts, God. Like, the the fucking the weirdest fuck. fucking egg. And I was like, excuse me, excuse me, sir. Uh, anyway, so I, I took over this food so section, this, this like hybrid or this like prototype newspaper. And like, this is how I met Dave and, and uh, it, like the Momofuku cookbook was coming out. And then like, long story short, like I started realizing like a lot of people who you can like, you can care about food, you can work in food yeah. and care about like art and uh -huh. music mm -hmm. and, and other things and comedy. You can yeah. work as, you can be a comedian, you can be an artist, you can be a yeah. musician and care a ton about, uh, about food, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. You guys, you guys did something with Michelle's honor. Like that's a perfect example. Like somebody who's like so good at what she does, but like also just can speak food really fluently. Right. Yeah, yeah. And like, I started to find this gray area and I was mm. like, Oh, if we could make something in this gray area in between mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. like, it's not just about food or it's not just about art or music. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's really interesting. You can explain both things either way. And so whatever, long story can I short, say something about that really, really quick. Yeah, I feel like a lot of Asian people 
are really good at that gray area. I don't know why. Uh, this might be a fucking unfair stereotype, but like <laughs> most Asian, most Asian people, like even though they're like whatever, like I'm a tech, I'm a designer, whatever, they sure. know about food. They're on top of mm-hmm. it, and I feel like they are mm-hmm. more than other. Like a white guy that works in like architecture is not gonna know. <laughs> anything about fucking food you know he's not gonna know where the best fucking bumbo way is do you know what i mean right, but you right, ask right. like I, I just i feel like that's an asian thing a little bit that's all i want to say what's the end of your story and then what so you know yeah, yeah, so you, you identified this gray area like this intersection between food and fashion and comedy and music and so was that lucky peach then yeah i mean that became lucky peach basically mm. and i was i was the publisher and and dave and his uh and and <laughs> his writing partner at the time uh called me up and were like do you want to start a magazine we're making this tv show and there's all this leftover material do you want to make a magazine oh. and like mcsweeney's didn't make any fucking money so mm. like what did i care i was just like sure let's do it and so we started this this magazine that i i feel like you know the the, the the amazing thing about mcsweeney's is like we always paid so much attention to graphic design and just worked with so many illustrators and artists and you know like from the very first issue we had like Lisa Hanawalt drawing cartoons for us, you know, and she's yeah. gone on to do such amazing things. And right. we had all these interesting people doing shit. And I think it, you know, I do feel like it left a legacy on, I remember like looking at the the covers of Bon Appetit from yeah. like the time we started to the time like we ended. And like Bon Appetit used to be like, here's like four ways to impress your grandmother at Thanksgiving. <laughs> like with like just like frilly serif text. And then yeah, like yeah. by the time we were done with Lucky Peach, it was just like, Here's how to like squeeze your dick into a turkey <laughs> hole. Here's like, some drawings like we hand drew on here, and I was just like, "Who the fuck are you guys?" I remember you know? what the first time they fucking pulled that shit and they fucking knocked off Lucky Peach, yeah. and it was like all like well, yeah, and like cartoony. <laughs> and I remember, I think we were like around, like maybe you were there, and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" And I was like, "Dude, what the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but the other th- like it's it's they they it's true, but like. I don't know. I feel like young me, even at the time, like, cause like people would also rip off mission Chinese and mission right, street yeah, food yeah. and like, just like the whole aesthetic. And remember the whole, that like, fucking, coo- you do you remember that cuckoo guy that was like, Oh no, I shouldn't talk about people. Never mind. <laughs> there was, there, never mind. Never mind. Damn. Next. Damn. Chris, you're so interesting. You're a, Chris is a fucking legend. Young me. Holy shit. You, it's you're true. no, it's you're no, just hearing your story. You are so funny. like a, you're like a savant. You're a, a trendsetter here because no, for, no, for real though. Cause with food, I would say in the last 10 years and you know, I, I basically like was like a stupid UCLA, UCLA student listening to Roy Choi talk about selling Kalbi Kogi like tacos. But um, <laughs> food, food is like, and chefs also in hand, like it just became like very sexy, you know, and they, I don't mm. think like the food industry, it had been overlooked. It's just been the same. But I think with, you know, like Kitchen Confidential kicking things off and then, you know, Chefs are like big time celebrities in the cultural zeitgeist and food in general, like liking food is a predominant personality for so many people. Just like, I know where the coolest restaurants are. I'm a hip person. Food is my jam. And hearing you talk about Lucky Peach, like it seems like you connected those dots and like kind of foresaw this in a way. (laughs) I think that, I mean, (laughs) thank you. But I mean, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And I, I think like there's something really interesting about like food culture growing in America, mm-hmm. right? You know, I, I think that in Asia, it, it's like Young Me's talking about too, right? It's like 
of course I know where like the best food is. Like that's just yeah. naturally what we, Duh. how we live. Like that's I don't even give a shit right? about it anymore. And I can still tell you where to eat. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. I don't, I don't give a food shit. Food is so embarrassing to me, but I know where to eat. Come on. Right. Like, I don't want to talk about it, but like, I'm not going to eat poorly. Oh, what the, the fuck are you talking about? Can we just, can we also, yeah, it's embarrassing, but I also know where to eat. Can we also talk about the people that have absolutely no idea that are usually white people? And they're like, hey, have you tried this burger place? And I'm like, it's like bear burger or something. And I'm like, you're, you're going to eat there. You're going to eat a burger there. Anyway, go, go on, go on. Right. No, but like so much of that is also just like, I found this place. I found yeah, yeah. this. And you're like, what are you, yeah. a fucking explorer? Like, there's nothing, you only need to like find it. If it's like new, it doesn't mean it's like better. But yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I, I guess explorer. like food culture growing here definitely is a thing. I feel like people caring more, white architects included, caring more yeah, about yeah. food and where they get it. Yeah. Um, th- I have a question for both Chris and you, Youngly, and that is, you know, now we're like kind of poking fun at food media outlets like Bon Appetit and yeah. Infatuation because, you know, now that everyone, even including the white architect, they're into food in some at some <laughs> in some cursory level where, you know, you need to find a quick first date spot. You'll just go to like best first date spot in East Village, Infatuation, and they'll write in that kind of like tongue in cheek tone and prose that is yeah. very popular in food media. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like nowadays, like it's kind of that is sort of somewhat stale. There was a time when that was really fresh and new, like in the same way, like Zagat is what I don't is it popping off still? I have no idea. Like Yelp kind of replaced Zagat, and then Yelp sort of stale now. So where do you? What's like exciting to you, like in this sort of realm or in this gray area? Yeah. Like where do you see it going next? Oh well. I mean, it's, it's hard because I actually think there's like, there's something to, there's something to what Yelp was like the, the original core of Yelp that I think is important. I think there's, you know, like, I don't think you need this gatekeeper telling you like, this is the best <laughs> because like, I, I just think like half the time, like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Why is this the best? I remember yeah. having a conversation with like a food writer here in the Bay area. Who's like, you know, he's, he's rising in prominence. And I remember him like texting me and being like, Hey, what's like, what's the best soup dumpling? And I was like, what do you mean? What do you think the best soup dumpling is? And he's like, I think it's this place. And I was like, no, 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 no. But like, what do you think makes the best soup dumpling? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, if you don't fucking know, why are you writing an article about what the best soup dumpling is? You can't Mm -hmm. answer for me what Mm -hmm. it means for a soup dumpling to be the best soup dumpling. Why the fuck are you telling anybody where the best soup dumpling is? Mm. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. If you can't tell me like a preference of like the skin or like the, you know, fat ratio or anything like that, then like, I don't care what you have to say. Right. So, and I'm not saying everyone has to be like talk about food on some molecular level, Mm -hmm. but I think there's something else about like the populist thing of like Yelp Mm. people were not critics and they were like very much about like utility i think it became a little too much about like am i a yelp elite person and like Mm. you know obviously like the structure with yelp made it a little bit too like you know a little less honest than it could have been i think the future is a little bit more uh, like it's got to be more like (laughs) to the second right it's like if you if you're in a restaurant Maybe it's this restaurant was amazing when I visited it six months ago, but like so much shit happens in a restaurant in six months. So much happens in like two days. Mm. Like I want to know what's great today, Mm. like right now. And like no critics can be able to do that, Mm -mm. but like people can, you know, and I think like in Asia, Mm. they, they, they do that a lot more as well. You know, like I remember reading about this 
in in uh i think in like malaysia there were like three different laksa shops oh. like on three corners all mm-hmm. selling the same curry laksa yeah but like every in like it's the same fucking thing it didn't you know like every single restaurant was the same one but there was like this robust like discussion every day of like this one's better today because like oh. this, I saw this lady like rinsing her fish. Ca- I don't know. Right. So, so right, you're right, saying right, you right. got to, so and the future is going to be ways, but food. So you just log on to yeah, ways. It's going to be ways, but like, food. Yeah. Totally. I just had this fucking bomb ass soup dumpling at this place right now. Right. Get uh-huh. your ass over here. Gonna be, and it's also going to be more like, it's going to be the way it's totally, it's ways of food. But it's also going to be more like what, what young me was just saying where it's like, <laughs> Maybe you're, maybe white architect guys telling me this is the best restaurant, but like I don't trust white architect, but like <laughs> no. I trust young me, and so like maybe right. it's more it's, it's more tailored to like who am I following, like who's tell whose advice do I trust? Yeah, and maybe I think I trust young me, right? And maybe like yeah. I go to the like six restaurants she's gone to and I order what she said, but like now I know that like oh maybe like her taste and my taste are actually different, so yeah. like I want sure. like a truer representation of recommendations for me you know i think like that's probably the future i mean it's also like yeah. it sounds good on paper it's also so fucking uh, dystopian it's, it's, well, it's, it's like it's so like uh, i think people well you know like how tiktok has really altered our minds all, uh, so much in like in the few years that it's been popular i i make a lot of food related tiktoks and i have like a following of people that like like me on tiktok and because i'm yeah. doing I, I talk about a restaurant or because i'll make something they will do it and it's like mm. it's not even like i don't even know if they like the flavors but they're they're just right. like well i just like her so i'm gonna do this too and and so right. it's like it's totally changed and you know like the old school way and like to your point about this food critic that was like, Oh, what, where's the best soup dumpling? There's so many fucking problems with that. And to be honest with you, I'm in disbelief that they're still fucking doing that, that there's still fucking a white critic somewhere that's in his fifties. Thinking this, this, that dude not, this dude is not a white fu- dude, but okay. yes, no, totally. well, yeah, I don't know who this person was, but like, you, you know, there's still solidly food writer critics that are employed full time by real magazines or newspapers that are fucking 50 year old white men. And they're like, let me tell you about the fucking laksa. You know, it's just like, how to know, sir? No, I'm sorry. No one cares. (laughs) I think that, let me think here. I wonder if I could get in trouble for breaking an NDA. I, uh, I remember. So I was on the, I was on the James Beard restaurant award committee for four or five years. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I you, you basically you know you travel around. You 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 have like four or five meetings a year with like twenty five, thirty other restaurant critics. Although like I was not a restaurant critic, and you 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 meet up in cities that we haven't like none of us have had like the opportunity to really explore. So we go to places where like oh we really need to like explore the Midwest more. So like let's all have a meeting there and we'll eat and we'll have our discussions and we'll pick we'll like help discuss like determine the ballots and talk about yeah. nominations and things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember like going out to dinner one night and uh <laughs> I remember it had been a couple of years already that I've been on this committee and somebody saying like well, Chris, you were the first non-white person to ever be on the committee, right? And I was like, wait, what? what? That's really that's like a really intense thing to tell somebody after wow. you've been in a room with them for two or three years that like right. you were the first one to ever come in this room. Like I just like it and it made me feel so uncomfortable yeah. oh my to just know that like and I walked in that room the first time, everyone in everyone's minds, they were like 
here comes the first non-white person. Like we did it. <laughs> we fucking did it. Diversity. <laughs> we we did it. Here. Yeah. And so, just like, yeah, well, speak, okay, just like really quick speaking to that, um, just like loosely on that topic, like what I was talking about with the TikTok thing, the, the problem with food and taste in food is it's, it's purely subjective. You know, it doesn't sure. fucking matter if you are fucking Sir Williams, the 15th and you grew up eating fucking, canapes or whatever the fuck you might you probably have a shitty you have a fucking shitty palate probably because you've never had uh, anything spicier than black pepper (laughs) you know what i mean so why the fuck did food media think that for however many fucking hundreds of years that they were gonna we're gonna write about it like the subjective thing with any sort of like credential stake in it do you know what i mean and i feel like i find that so offensive it's i'm so over it but it's also part like the it's a balance too though because the consumer is like I'm a consumer like I'm dumb I don't I don't know anything you know like I want an article to just tell me what's good and I'm not gonna think anything beyond that and just go there you know and yeah. just that's, and that's totally fair I mean, it's like like yeah. you you don't want to like the average person's just like I don't care about whatever like now like food media has swung the complete other direction right and, like mm. every yeah. single food article is a lesson everything <laughs> is like some cultural lesson for us to learn. <laughs> But like, I, I think like that's probably really frustrating to the average food person who's just like, wait, but is the food good? <laughs> Should I go to this restaurant? Like, how much is it? Oh cost? my god! You didn't put the address in here. Like, you just told me about like the colonial history of this country and how like I'm a bad person. But like, I don't know if the <laughs> my, food is good. Like, it's the same yeah. thing with recipes. Like, I just want the recipe, bro. Like, I don't need to hear Dude. like your intergenerational trauma that you've been carrying with your great great grandmother. Oh my god! Um, but uh, yeah. No, I feel you. No, but like also, yeah, you're right. Like people just want like something. People that that's the thing. Like it's subjective. So they just want to like trust somebody. And yeah, the whole like trauma story thing. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's uh, just like anyway. Yeah, I feel like it was you know like obviously like that was too much food got talked about like out of context and like all of sure. that was stripped away for sure. But I'm just what? saying like yeah, there's some fucking middle ground here, right? Like I think everybody's it's sort of like ground overcorrecting and just trying to like backfill and be like yeah 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 yeah. we've been like this the whole time like we've cared about this you know it's just like it's dishonest like that's the part that bums me out oh my god "Mm, it is dishonest and then i also feel like people white people resent that because then they're like oh why we gotta fucking talk about your chinese grandma (laughs) fuck you i don't care about asians like and then they like have this like that's what my wife says every time i talk about my grandma (laughs) she's just like oh can't we just eat fucking dinner chris you need the goddamn lesson of your family get another fucking poem about cherry blossom (laughs) blooming in the spring jesus christ she's like i know i know the dumplings look like the crescent moon on the on the yangtze river i get it dude can we just eat the kids are starving Uh, okay chris well you know so far on this podcast, you have lived up to your namesake. You are the funniest, naturally funny, organic, farm to table <laughs> human beings that's table. ever that I've ever met. Um, and, and we had this question for you. And you know, back in the day when you were a bad line cook and you had one foot out the door, did you ever consider doing comedy? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I've never. I never ever considered it why do, you, um, why do you think that is this is a, a real question for you chris for some reason i feel like you should answer this 
why are the fuck like uh, like by the stand like I went to a stand up comedy show yesterday because I was on the show and I was in the fucking green room with the fucking ten of the most miserable unfunniest <laughs> humans ever and I was like what the fuck are you guys doing in comedy like all of them are like that why are they why I mean, do you think when you got into comedy young me yeah I was like. That is so impressive. Like that's so impressive. I remember you being like, I like nobody knows that I like, always wanted to do this and I'm gonna do it. And I was also like, Young Me is fucking funny as hell. Like we laughed we, when we would travel, we would just like laugh so hard. Yeah. And I was like, that makes sense, you know. Like I did, but like on some level, I was also like, wait, what? Like you can just do that. You can just mm. be a comedian. Like I guess you guys saying, oh Chris, you're really funny. Why don't you think about comedy? To me is like. You can jump really high. Why aren't you an astronaut? Like it just like didn't <laughs> fucking occur to me that that's like a thing. I have so yeah. much respect for what it is, you know. And like if I sit here and think about like, oh, why would I not do comedy? I think like getting like a big is this true or not? Like I feel like just getting a a, a true laugh for something that you feel is like genuinely your joke must be so hard. <laughs> like I can imagine yeah. like telling jokes and being like i wouldn't well, know I definitely no one just has stole ever. that from something yeah <laughs> i would not know no one has ever laughed at anything that i've ever said on stage so yeah, you're doing no, that anti-comedy thing young me it's fucking cool yeah, man to- <laughs> that thing that's all the rage that anti-comedy shit that's going on right now i love it no but like yeah, i just feel like every time yeah. i would say something funny it would just be like in the back of my head i'd be like well, I definitely just stole that from a TV show I saw. So, oh. <laughs> so is that your secret? That Everything that you ever say is from Rick and Morty or something. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I'm Everything like, I'm, Chris is so Rick funny. <laughs> so, 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 so Rick and Morty aliens that crawl up your butt. So every day Chris is on deadline. He's like, ooh, Dan Harmon just signed a $100 million CBS deal. Let's fucking go. I can be funny for another 10 years. I wish. I fucking wish. No, I have so much respect for it. I just think like, I don't know. Do you, do you, do you guys ever feel this thing though of, I don't, I don't really know how to be like performative with comedy. Like, I don't know. Like I would, I guess there's like, I don't want to call it dishonest because it's it's just like it's part of the craft. But like, yeah. I would have a re- I have a hard time telling a joke if I'm not telling like exactly what truly happened in my life. Like, I have a hard time being like, oh yeah, embellishing yeah, yeah. it for effect, right? Like, 100%. you feel like I, they're gonna know, they're gonna call me out. Yeah, no, I and I, it varies comedian com- to comedian, but I could never sell anything that was embellished or fake to me, and that's why I'm a bad stand up comedian, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, and that's the joke. I mean, it's not that funny, but it really happened. So anyway, that's what happens. thanks everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think. I'm sure that like I do embellish stuff a little bit, but I don't know. Maybe I don't. I haven't done like traditional stand-up comedy in so long now. So but it's not even the yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to like mischaracterize it as like embellishment. You're just like you're working on a joke, you're not telling a story from your life. Like that's like comedy is like telling yeah, is yeah. coming up with bits and jokes, right? It's just like I have a hard time getting up there and like I'm one of those lame people who watches the show and I'm just like I wonder if that really happened <laughs> like is this the first time he's told anybody this this is a new bit just like I want to know if it's true like I'm like a I'm like a dad watching TV just like if you find out it wasn't a true story you're just like oh I don't, I don't care about this so. yeah I feel like yeah it kind of loses something whenever I hear like a stand-up comedian going so I was having sex the other night I'm like <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Yeah, I've been telling that right. joke for the last three years, buddy. 
Yeah, right. You're wearing one of those like newsboy caps. You're wearing like those like just, hiking just shoes with a bootleg jeans, huh? You just you just don't buy the premise that they were having sex at all. That's yeah, best. right. That's amazing. No, but it is interesting why funny, naturally funny people don't do. Com- I always wondered that. I guess that's like a com- that's like question for more like comedians. I guess. Well, let me yeah. ask you guys. No, let me ask you guys then. What? When you, I mean, you just said it. I mean, like when you guys hang out with other comedians, are comedians always funny in person? Are they like funny people though? They're mm, literally the opposite of funny. No, right? I think Young Me and I are different in this aspect. Young Me, I think you're very like true to who you are on stage, but I have like a very much an on-off switch. And I think people who are like constant, like it depends. It varies. There's people who are like constantly on, and I find that equally annoying as well. It's like miserable mopey comedians. Because but somehow yeah. they're not funny. They're on, but they're just not hitting. <laughs> but I think like a lot of so really much. funny yeah. comedians, like really great comedians don't play as like funny when you're just hanging out with them. You know what I mean? Like I don't know that there's like a direct yeah. translation yeah. necessarily. I mean, there's people but, like Jerry Seinfeld who they're just like annoying all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and like that's their thing. <laughs> yeah, know. exactly. Yeah. So if I was like the, one of the most naturally annoying people in the world... <laughs> then I would understand why you're asking me why I wasn't a comedian. I have to say that when I was uh, doing a lot of stand-up, like a bunch of shows every night, I was so tired that in between when I was talking to other stand-up comedians, I would be just so dry. Like I wouldn't expel zero, because it was ener- it's like expelling energy to do that, right? Totally. So I'd just be like, oh totally. my God, hello, like, like that. Maybe yeah. It's also like a yeah. service that you're doing, right? It's like it's yeah. not it's work because you're like, I'm giving you this energy to make you laugh. Like yeah. that takes a lot out of you, I'm sure. Right, right. What am I fucking talking about? This, <laughs> don't make me talk about it's comedy exhausting. more like I know what I'm talking about. I mean, you know more than they do. Um. <laughs> All right, Chris, let's tr- we're going to transition into our, uh, we're going to get to learn, know about you on a more deep level here. Uh, rapid fire. Uh, what is something you're loving right now? Something I'm loving right now. Okay. I'm going to say something that's going to sound super annoying. But then by the end Let's of my explanation, go. I want you to see if it, I want to feel, I want you to, I want to know if it feels less annoying. Okay. I really okay. am loving my wife right now. Aww. Just really, Aww. just really loving it. No, don't all. I know it's like the most <laughs> annoying thing in the world to hear, but here's the thing. It like happened all of a sudden. It happened Wait. like six or eight. I mean, like young me was at my wedding. What? It was like seven years ago. Like she and I have been together forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Like, you know, love like your relationship, like a long-term relationship doesn't just like keep on growing and like how much you're like in love with your person. Right. It just like hopefully settles into like an acceptable place of like being in love with somebody. Right. Like that's right. how it, I'm, it works. But like six or eight months ago, something fucking broke like in my brain <laughs> where I just started feeling like this weird, like desperation to like make my wife love me like when we first met and yeah. I was well, not when we first met when I first convinced her to finally date me like something weird happened and like I want to go to like the gory details of it but like something happened and I've been like trying to understand this for like eight months like why all of a sudden like I've just like completely become a crazy person about my my wife who I've known for fucking 15 years yeah I like how you're and framing it as a neurological disorder. <laughs> no, because this is what I arrived at. This is what I arrived at. No, it was like, it was, I, I am Brian because it like happened like instantaneously, <laughs> like a car accident. And huh. here's what I arrived at. I think that, um, cause I was thinking about this question. I know you guys are going to ask this. And like, 
I think maybe I have Stockholm syndrome. Like, I think that maybe like I spent this whole fucking time like cooped up here during the pandemic with my wife. And yeah. like, I have fallen in love with my captor. <laughs> <laughs> and does your wife find that very romantic when you share these feelings about her? <laughs> no, but like it's, it's actually been like a crazy thing because she's just like, you know, it's, it's a, it would be a weird thing if you had been together with somebody for 10 years and then just like all of a sudden they were just like, I just love you so much. I'm just so into you. Blah, blah. You'd be like, what the fuck is oh, yeah. wrong with you two? So like, she noticed. She was like, what's going on? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. She noticed. And we had to have like conversation. I mean, she's like, I, I, it's just great. I love it. It's just like, <laughs> like, I don't understand what's happening with you. <laughs> like something's I, wrong with you. Well, I feel like how you described it was very Stockholm syndrome sounding. You're like, I felt the need to make her happy. And love yeah. me. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So I think it might be suck. I think that I may have had a breakthrough. Nice. Just thinking about this question for your show. So that's I what I'm loving right now. I feel now. like you've wow. always been extremely in love with your wife. Let's, since I've known you. It's true. For good it's reason. true. Although, like, I mean, we're, we're, we're going so long, but I'll tell you a quick story, though. Like, my daughter likes to look at pictures on our phone, you know, like everybody like now on our phones, like yeah. every photo we've had from here until eternity is like documented. Mm-hmm. And I was like scrolling through this period of like, a, like uh, a few months, like a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was, we were looking at my wife's phone. Like I was showing my daughter all these photos and I was like, I'm not in any of these photos <laughs> for like a six month period. <laughs> like we may as well just like not have been together. And she was like, oh, yeah, I think we had like a rough patch. And I was like, I didn't even know we had a rough patch. So I don't even know. So I feel like, yes, I've always loved my wife. But uh, I guess there was like rough patches. <laughs> I don't know, man. Let's, this is just getting too feelingy. I'm an Asian feeling too much right now. No, that this never, never enough. We like the more the better. Uh, conversely, Chris, what's something you're hating right now? What am I hating? I hate... I hate the I, I hate the fact that I'm turning forty this year. Ooh, I know it's like very, very cliche, but it's like really bumming me out for a very Asian reason, though. What I feel like as a like an Asian overachiever, mm. like you always feel like my whole life I've always been like, oh, you're precocious, like oh, you're so young to be doing this thing. Oh, like you're that's that's so crazy that you're already doing that. Like oh, yeah, you, yeah. you've done this, but like mm. when you're forty, like there's nothing that you want to be like ahead of anymore. Like you're like, you're too old to be considered like too young to have done something. Mm-hmm. And if you're like 40 and you're like, you're too young to have done that. It's like all bad shit, right? It's like, well, Hey, you got hemorrhoids already. Cool. Oh That's God. great, man. Congratulations, dude. Like, or like, what just like, Oh, Hey, like you, the plaque build up in your, your cholesterol is so high, man. Like you're so early on that. Like, your hair's thinning. Good like, job. It sucks to be like, good job. Like if there's nothing to be like ahead of, or like precocious about when you're 40, I mean, whatever, I'm just being a little baby about it, but I really am. I didn't think I would, I didn't think I would hate turning 40. But like I'm being just like a real, I'm being a real carry about this, guys. <laughs> is that still a reference? Is that still a thing that people say? Wait, who was the person that had the ver- the funniest joke? I'm trying to Google it right now. Um, the uh, I just turned 40, which sucks because um, the only thing I can be too young for now is to die or to date share. <laughs> I think I think it was on a Rick and Morty. I think I just took it from that was a Rick, Rick and Morty. Morty. <laughs> that was yeah. Rick and Morty. I was like, "You're so funny, Chris. Did you pick that up." What's that comedian? Oh, his name's Morty. Morty. Yeah. 
Uh, no. no, that would bum me out to turn four. I mean, I'm 37, and I in my head I've already been told. I already tell people I'm almost 40 because I'm preparing myself. I feel like a three and a half years of like buffer zone is how much time I need to get used to I it. I know. I feel the same. Uh, well, you look the same as when I met you, and I think you were what 22 then. So you either look like shit when you were 22, or you look great for 40. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely look like shit for 22, but I definitely look older now. You guys may be sad on your podcast. <sighs> Sorry. Right. Well, now that you're sad, let's get to the part that we're going to hide behind the Patreon paywall, listeners. If you're listening to this, to hear. Uh, Chris Ying's answer to the next question you're gonna have to go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian and then he's gonna get real real with it and answer the question Chris what is something that you're ashamed of oh I thought about this too let me ask you guys let me let me ask you oh man damn got deep that guy (laughs) damn that got real after this episode, we're going to see a huge drop in our listenership. They're all going to jump ship and be like, let's go to the podcast with the host, Chris Ying, of the Dave Chang Show. Fuck no, dude. They're going to be like, what, was, yeah, they're what like, was that? Yeah, they're like, he's the funniest person I've ever listened to. Good God. So, so naturally, too. Naturally the funniest person. Um, well, Chris, thank you for opening up your hearts to us and being so vulnerable and honest. But before we let you go, we like to ask our, all of our guests this one last question, and that is, what is something that you're proud of? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not proud of anything. I, I was proud of... Uh, I don't know. I'm proud of my... I took the LSAT when I, when I was going to go to law school. I did well. Nice. <laughs> did well on my LSATs. Nice. No, uh, what am I proud of? I had this moment like over the uh, the holidays where I, my, I had I saw my sister and her her kids, my niece and nephew. I hadn't seen them for a while, and uh, they're both in college. And my niece was like, and this totally applies to it totally applies to the fact that like I'm on the show with you and Young Me is my friend. We've been together like known each other for so long. Like, yeah, my niece was like, man, Uncle Chris's friends are so cool. <laughs> like. <laughs> I was like, you know what? What? I do have a lot of friends who like did cool shit. Like I have a lot of friends who like I met before they were like doing interesting stuff when like before they, I mean like young me and I, when we met, we were just like losers she was waiting tables and I was pretending to be a fucking cook. And like, like I, I do tend I was to pretending. be around a lot of people. I was pretending yeah. to wow. wait tables too. So, but I've met a lot of people. Like I have, I have a lot of, I have friends who have done impressive stuff and I know that's like a cop out, but like, I feel proud to like, be surrounded with people who like I really admire. I love that. That is a but cop also, out. I don't know if I'm okay with that answer. I'm also proud of my LSAT score. I did really well <laughs> on the LSATs. Young me, what do you want from me? Cop out, cop out or not, Chris. I do hope that you feel that way about yourself too, because I this is my first yeah. time meeting you, and I think hearing your life story and the work that you've done, you're really fucking cool. Like as soon as this ends, I'm gonna be like, Young me, why didn't we have him on sooner? <laughs> you're, you're Friends gonna yell at me. <laughs> I thought, this is what I said to Helen. Do you know Helen um, Cho? She was on our podcast mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago. She also she, she's like literally is friends with every celebrity. Well, of, of course it's you know crazy. Helen. Like every single big time celebrity. And I'm like, you know, not that I value celebrities over other people. Um, uh, I'm not. Yeah, I was gonna make a joke. Never mind. Um, but like, 
I was like, but I was like telling Helen, like, what do you like? Look at your friends, dude. They're amazing. Why do you think they're friends with you? It's because you're also amazing. And I, and that's what I'm going to say to you. I feel like because you had the, you are also seeing the same thing. You're saying all these friends are amazing. And I feel like the, you know, the common denominator, the common, what is it? Common denominator is you. So yeah, if you can say that about well, your friends, you. you say that about yourself. Man, feeling just like makes you feel better. This yeah. is an amazing. This is an amazing session. Thank you guys. Uh, session. <laughs> um, I mean, show, show, show. We'll, we'll send you our show. invoice. <laughs> um, Chris, thank you again. And for our listeners, uh, where can they find you online? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where you find me. But I Dave, guess you can find me. At David you know, Chang on Instagram. Uh, Dave, <laughs> at David Chang. Just follow at, at David Dave Chang. Chang. And be like, Everywhere. who's that other guy in the background? Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, Chris, weren't you like, well, wasn't there a time that people thought you were Dave Chang? Did that happen a lot? I feel like that happened a lot. Oh you used to hang out with them all the time. And people would be like rolling you. out the red carpet and be like, Dave Chang is here. Like, I feel <laughs> like we went to eat a few times and people are like, oh my God, it's Dave it's Chang. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like the, the, the crazier ones. It happen- yes, it happens a lot. It, yeah. ha- it used to happen more. It's just like, I don't know how to take that. But like, sometimes it would happen when, okay, I can, I, like, this makes some sense. Like, I'm at a party. Dave is also here. I'm talking to somebody that Dave knows. Yeah. I remember one time, like, a Momofuku cook came up to, like, the person I was talking to and was like, what did, what did Dave want? Is everything okay? And they were like, that's not your boss, dude. That's, like, a completely different Asian dude. <laughs> that makes some sense. Like, I'm in the room. Yeah. But there have, like, legitimately been times where I'm just, like, somewhere in the world. And someone's like... Are you, is that, you're David, you're David, right? And I'm just like, <laughs> why do you think I'm just, I'm just like, oh, guy. I'm just a random <laughs> Chinese oh guy walking around here. Like the Korean guy you're looking for, the Korean guy you're looking for is like much bigger. And he's on the other side of the country. Like, why would I, why would I be at this auto parts store looking for like wiper fluid? Like, so what are you funny. fucking talking about? That but, is you know, so I don't know funny. I love it's that. Bad. Oh my God. <laughs> Dave. Um, well, they they can find you at Dave Chang. <laughs> find me at Dave <laughs> Chang. Listeners. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and how about, about you, you Brian? Oh, um, you can find me at YM Mayor or Young Me Mayor on TikTok. And how about you, Brian? You guys can find me at It's Brian Park and follow our podcast on socials at Feeling Asian Podcast. Before we let you go, it's time to do some Patreon shoutouts for this episode. Once again, as a reminder, if you like the podcast, please consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian. Any donation amount, at the very least, gets you a shout out on the podcast where Young Me and I use our psychic abilities to guess who you are. And without further ado, let's jump right into them. First shout out for this episode goes out to John Michael Richardson. John Michael Richardson, I am getting... Strong Cosmo Kramer energy from you. I don't know if that means that you're a trust fund baby and you're an enigmatic neighbor in the apartment or if you are just a burst of energy. It's just screams Cosmo Kramer to me. So John Michael Richardson, you do you, live your best life. But in any case, thank you for donating to the podcast. Next shout out goes out to Don Vo. Strong name, Don Vo. I, I'm getting very Wolfpack leader energy from you, Don Vo. You know, in your crew, you're making all the plans. 
you're the hustler, you're the leader, and but you make sure that everyone is having a good time. So you see, you're not one of those leaders who neglects people by the wayside. You're very inclusive. You're very compassionate, very caring. But Donvo, you are big time Wolfpack Alpha energy. So thank you for donating. Next up, we have Keith Yan. Keith, you know, I've been doing this more frequently, but just purely from a statistical analysis standpoint, you're a software engineer, you live in San Francisco, and you're making so much money. You're making a lot more money than us. So, you know what? That's great. You do you. Thank you for donating. Thank you for spreading your wealth. Next shout out goes out to James Neal. You're a plant guy. You have a lot of plants. A lot of plants die in your care, but you make sure that your apartment has a lot of plants. You own a record player, and your bathroom is fully stocked with Aesop soaps. It's a whole vibe, it's a whole aesthetic. But you pull it off in not in a very not and you pull it off in a not annoying way. It comes from the heart. You can back it up. And that's not easy to do in this day and age. So James, thank you for being you. And our last shout out for this episode goes out to Erica Shank. Erica Shank. Erica, you're in academia. You're an educator. I'm getting big crochet energy you know how to knit a mean is crochet and knitting the same thing anyhow you know how to crochet slash knit a mean balaclava but most importantly you know a lot you're incredibly intelligent and you're incredibly informed and everyone in your community respects your opinion for the aforementioned reasons. So once again, thank you. And again, thank you everyone, if you made it this far, for listening and for supporting the podcast. And one final reminder, if you want to support the podcast, you can do so at Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian. And uh, that's it. Bye, everyone.